Take your Bibles, Hebrews chapter 11, verse 8 through 19, 8 through 19, I want to talk to you. Hebrews 11, 8 through 19. The title is not spiritual, the title is carnal. So I'm just going to get that over with. How to be a big shot with God. I know some of you spiritual people out there are going, wow, we're supposed to be humble. That's true. That's true. How to please God could be the title, or how to become important with God. You say, well, everybody's important, but everybody don't react that way, do they? God wants to be important to you, and he wants you to be important to him, but just like he said to Jerusalem, you would not. In Hebrews chapter 11, 8 through 19, I believe it shows us in the New Testament about an Old Testament figure uh, uh, starting in, in chapter 12 of Genesis, we meet Abraham. We have a covenant there with God. We have a covenant with God again in chapter 15 of Genesis. And we see in Hebrews 11 there things we could not see or could not know but by the Old Testament account that just were not there. But I can tell you this, Abraham is big with God. He's big with God. Uh, you could argue with me maybe that Moses of the Old Testament, Moses was the most well-known figure of the Old Testament. I'd have to say without Abraham, there is no Moses. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to vote for Abraham being the most outstanding character of the entire Old Testament. Jesus, of course, the New Testament. But the Old Testament, Abraham. Abraham was quite the guy. Let's read. I'm a little late today. I'm a, they gave this to me at seven minutes late, so I'm going to be seven minutes over. By faith, Abraham, when he was called uh, to go out into a place which he should, after receive for an inheritance, obeyed. And he went out not knowing whither he went. And by faith he sojourned in the land of promise, as in a strange country, dwelling in tabernacles with Isaac and Jacob and heirs with him of the same promise. I love that, underline this phrase, for he looked for a city, which hath foundations, whose builder and maker is God. Personally, I do not like cities. I'm a kind of a country boy. I do not like cities. I avoid cities. I go around Atlanta. I go around Miami, I go around Tampa, I go around, name a city, around Chicago, I go around Louisville, I bet you do too, I, I go, I go, and you name a city, I don't want to go in it. I don't like cities, I don't think they're human. It's just not right to get that many people that close together. 
Look what happens in the cities. But I'm going to have to get over it. Because God's preparing for me not a country manor. He's preparing for me a city. But I tell you, if God makes a city, it's going to be a good city. That'll be a city you want to get in. He looked for a city. Through faith, also Sarah herself received uh, strength to conceive seed and was delivered of a child when she was past age. That'll tell you it's of God, amen. She was 89. Girls, I want you to think about this. She was 89 years old. She wasn't 60. She wasn't 50. Just past the time of not having children. Or people would say, well, you know, some women, they can have children longer than other women. There ain't no women have kids at 89 years old. Hello. I love the way God does stuff. Because she judged him faithful who had promised. Therefore, no wonder she laughed. Therefore sprang there even of one of him as good as dead. He was, not, he was uh, 99 years old. I don't know a man having children at 99 years old. He was as good as dead, so many as the stars of the sky and a multitude came out of him as the sand which is by the seashore innumerable. And then in verse 13, these all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, and were, were three things, they were persuaded of them, they embraced them, and they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims on the earth. I think we ought to do the same thing. For they that say such things declare plainly that they sink a country. And truly, if they had been mindful of that country from whence they came out, they might have had opportunity to return. That's not in the Old Testament. You would not know that unless that was there. But now they desire a better country, that is a heavenly, wherefore God is not ashamed to be called their God, for he had prepared for them a city. That's the second time. You know, evidently in that, in that phrase there, God is not ashamed to be called their God. He is ashamed to be called some people's God. By faith, Abraham, when he was tried, offered up Isaac, and he that received the promises offered up his only begotten son, of whom it was said that in Isaac shall thy seed be called, accounting that God was able to raise him up even from the dead, from whence also he received him in a figure. In other words, I believe it is in Genesis 20, 21 there where the story of uh, the account of Abraham being asked to sacrifice his really only son, Isaac. And it was not a setup. It was a real deal. And you'll notice, you that know the Bible, he had let him raise the knife. God could have said stop anywhere along that process, but he went so far as to let him raise the knife to cut the juggler vein of his son. And God said, stop! Now I know that you'll not hold anything back from me. If I may say it, folks, we could go home now. That's the secret. You want to be a big shot with God? Don't hold anything back. Oh, man. Let me try to go over this quickly enough for you can get it. First of all, I notice Abraham was called of God in verse 8 there. He's called of God. And let me say this morning, you're called of God. I, I hate to read biographies that make the guy out to be so good. When I'm done with the biography, I look, I, I shut the book and say, I'll never be that good. That ain't me. I'll never, that never happened to me. I love to read the kind of biographies that show the people 
and the whole story of them, the, the hardships that they had and the troubles they had and the setbacks they had and the diseases they had and the pain they endured every day and the, and the, and the losses that they encountered. And brother, we got a couple of them in the library, one of Moody and one of C.H. Spurgeon, written by a guy, 1935. Boy, I thought, boy, oh boy, Richard Day, I think the guy's name is. What a, what a guy. Now, those biographies, brother, I read it, and I'm going to tell you what, if you ran those biographies past a class of 1,000 preacher boys aging from ages 18 to 22, I'll bet you it wouldn't be a handful of those guys who say, I want to be like C.H. Spurgeon. Because you're not going to be C.H. Spurgeon unless you go through what C.H. Spurgeon went through. God called Abraham by faith. He went out. He called him. The Bible says God calls everyone to himself. For time's sake, I won't elaborate on this, but I have quite a bit of notes on this area. But God calls everyone to himself. Did you know the Bible guarantees me that God is not a respecter of person? Does that make you feel better? In other words, what's God saying? He's not like we are where we have favoritisms. Oh, I like Brother Irvine better than I like so-and-so, or I like this one better than that one. And you know you do. You know you got your favorites, your teachers out there. Oh, you claim to be so virginious. Uh, that ain't the right word. You claim to be so victorian No, that ain't it. You claim, I'm shooting at that thing till I hit it. You claim to be so innocent. I don't have any favorites. Oh, yes, you do. We've all been to school. We know you got favorites. We know I never was one, but I saw some. Brother, I saw some. Oh, that's the kid that would go up there and schmooze them. Yes, ma'am. No, ma'am. Let me shake. Can I get that paper for you, ma'am? Let me go do this for you. Let me go do that for you. For some reason, he got the best of everything. Of course, teachers deny that. But they're human. And humans, we're, we're frail and we do stuff like that. But praise God, he don't do that. You have the same opportunity by the grace of God to be a big shot with God as Abraham had. God's calling you this morning. God called you through your life. Some of you at the end of your life. Some of you at the beginning of your life. But God's calling you. And he wants to be like he was to Abraham. He wants to be that way to you. He calls through the creation. The heavens declare the glory of God. And the firmament showeth forth his handiwork. The sun, the moon, and the stars all tell us there's an intelligent creator. This, the, bird, the songs of the birds and the that sing the melody of heaven. The sunsets and the sunrises are a glimpse of God's ability to paint. Your conscience shows you uh, there's a right and a wrong, and there's a judgment. It's not always perfect, but it tells you that someday you're going to stand accountable. God calls you through the Word of God. If any, you hear the Word of God all kinds of places, on TV, by gospel tracts, by a friend at work, by somebody. You hear the Word of God. The Word of God calls the sinner to himself. Lastly, you're, you hear the Word of God through that Whisper of the Holy Spirit. That still small voice that comes by in the night. You know, I know, notice people that don't want to hear from God, they got noise going all the time. 
They got radio going. They got TV going. They got DVDs going. They got music going. They're wearing these headsets. You know why these kids love to wear these headsets all the time? Because they have a defiled conscience. And if they take that headset off and they let themselves get quiet, the conscience begins to tell them, you did this wrong and that wrong. That was vile and that was evil. And the Holy Spirit begins to convict them of their sin. And it makes them uncomfortable. It's painful. They put them back on highway to hell. Stairway to heaven. They blast that music and it truthfully silences that still small voice. I think you should spend a long time alone and quiet and see if God will talk to you. He will come talk to you. But you got to give him that chance, right? Genesis 6.3 says, My spirit shall not always strive with man. I remember in Matthew 23, Jesus comes to, the new, comes to Jerusalem, which he never spent a night in. The city of peace. <laughs> he comes to Jerusalem and he says, Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that are sent unto you. How often would I have gathered you as a, and gathered thy children together, even as a hen gathered the chickens under her wings, and you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. They didn't want to hear him. He preached in their synagogues. He came and preached in their city. They didn't want to hear it. First of all, God's not willing that any should perish, folks. He calls He's called. There's, I'm convinced that there'll not be a person in hell that God hasn't tried to keep from hell. God has tried to keep every person that ever goes to hell. God has tried to stand between them and hell. Of course, manifested most clearly by the giving of his son. But not only that, the firmament, all that I mentioned before, all of those are roadblocks to hell. Roadblocks to the ju- being judged for your sins. So God calls you like he did Abraham. He doesn't want you to perish, just like he didn't want Abraham to perish. Secondly, when God calls, it, calls you, he wants you to give up what Abraham gave up, and he wants you to give it up with a good attitude. You know, I think it was Miss Miley, in her, when she taught 25 years, first or second grade, she used to say, obedience is not obedience unless it's done with a good attitude. Well, that eliminates a lot of obedience, amen? There's a lot of obedience done in bad attitude. Abraham obeyed God, and he did it with a good attitude. Here's some things Abraham gave up by the passage we just read. First of all, he gave up the country. He gave up his country for God. That was big. Young people have come to me, and they've said to me they wanted to serve God. The problem was they wanted to serve God in their terms and in their way and in their place. They didn't want to sacrifice their home, their country, their family. They wanted to keep everything and serve God, which was their inner thoughts. And God cannot use you. And you'll never be big with God with those kinds of feelings. Abraham gave up his house, it says there in the Bible. Gave up his house. He was willing to live in tents. Now, I know you girls a little bit. And I know that you didn't, uh, there, uh, you may, it would be a nightmare to camp for the rest of your life. You know what my idea of camping is? 
Holiday Inn, no pool. Man, he was willing to camp. You ladies like your homes. You like your dishes. You like your clothes. Oh, this is good preaching. You like your shoes. You like your stuff. You like your nest. Sarah gave all that up. She gave it all up. She gave it up. Abraham gave his home up. Sarah gave her home up. Thirdly, Abraham gave up his security. He said, I want you to go out in the country. I'll tell you as you go. I'm not going to tell you where you're going. Just take off. Now, I love a vacation like that. Let's just get in the car and head north. It's in the summertime. You'll not see me say that in February. In February, I'd say, let's get in the car and head south. Well, they just, they just, he said, go. I'm like, I'll tell you where you're going to go. Well, most, most, think about God coming to you and saying that. You say, but you're not giving me enough detail. I need a plan. I need to know where I'm going, how I'm going, how am I going to eat, where am I going to stay, what am I? He said, don't worry about it, I'll take care of you. How many people do you know would do that? That's why there's not a lot of Abraham. No, it said Abraham fourthly gave up his security. The Bible says he lived in a strange country. Uh, he was a stranger is what it means. No one likes being odd. I, no one likes being odd. Uh, I've been odd. I have. I've gone to places where there was nothing but black folks, nothing but black folks. I was the only white face in the whole group, and it made me feel strange. Um. I've been the only Trump supporter in a big crowd of people. You feel really strange you get in that situation. Security is important to us. It's hard to live without security, yet he really didn't have security except for God. He didn't have his relatives nearby to help him. He didn't have his, his family somehow to call upon them. Uh, uh, he didn't have his old buddies. He gave them up. Abraham had to give up his family. Will you sacrifice your family to have God's hand on your life? He's going to ask you to. I'm convinced of that. Uh, will you leave your family for God? Will you leave them never to see them again? He did. Uh, will you... Now, I'm talking about no Facebook, no Twitter, no Skype, no phone, no communication. Gone, gone, gone. Never to see him again. Think of the sacrifice of Abraham when he was asked to leave. They didn't have all that stuff. He was asked to walk away from his dad, his mom, his cousins, his aunts, his uncles, everybody. You go and the Bible says he heard the call of God, he obeyed the call of God, and he, and see, it's one thing to say, I'll do it, I'll do it, I'll do it, but your feet never move. He went, he moved. Abraham went, he started moving, he said, hey, we're going. Pick up your stuff, we're going, where are you going? I don't know. God will tell me as I go. Sarah, you can imagine the question is, you know what, I got to give Sarah a big plus for being a submissive wife. 
You know, a woman will make or break you. And all the men said, bunch of cowards. A woman will make or break you. And, and all the men said, that's sad, that's sad. Behind every good, great man is a good woman. Behind every broken man is a... We don't like to go there, do we? Oh, I've seen men, I've seen women destroy their man. I've seen women destroy their man. I've seen women tear their house down one brick at a time. Sarah was a good, a good girl. She would see, behind Abraham was Sarah. And if you want to do something for God, and Elizabeth, you're going to have to have a woman be willing to go with you on that. Yeah, yeah. That's why it's so hard leaving your home, leaving your family. Are those not big things? Are those not the things that separate the men from the boys on that? With no communication? They didn't have communication. They listened to God's voice. They forsook their country. They forsook the house. They were willing to leave, live in a tent, a, a, non, a non-permanent dwelling. They were willing to forsake the security of their family, which, by the way, back then was probably most of the security they had. They were willing, willing even to forsake their aunts and their uncles, moms and dads, and far as he knew, permanently. I had a teacher. We were hunting for a teacher one time years ago, and a girl called uh, in and said, I'd be interested in teaching down in Gospel Baptist, but how hot is it down there? I said, you're concerned about the temperature? I said, you'll never make it here. I said, girl, the temperature shouldn't even be part of your vocab question. I mean, shouldn't even be part of questioning how hot is it here. I said, it's miserable hot. <laughs> and I said, if you come down here, it's going to get hotter. You'll never make it in God's will. You start questioning stuff like that. Abraham gave up his prosperity, his permanence with God. They all died in faith, not having received the promises. Abraham was willing to be poor. His prosperity was back with his family, back with his mom and dad, back in the country, the earth of the Chaldees. It was back there where he, no, he was willing to give all that up. He was willing, he took a vow of poverty. He did. He took a vow of poverty. He said, I'd rather be big with God than be rich. I'm going to do what God wants me to do. Even though he may have had his life planned out, we're going to hurt, we're going to, we're going to do stuff over, oh boy, but no. The words in this passage, pilgrim and strangers and seek a country, all indicate of his giving up of a permanence and giving up of a, of a prosperity. And if I may word it this way, giving up this world for the next. Then the, the passage swings to the future. It talks about what he did, and then it swings to the future. He, he sought a country. He sought a city because he knew he wasn't going to get it here. But don't put your apples in this basket. I like Luke chapter 20, verse 35. But they, Jesus said, but they which be accounted worthy to obtain that world and the resurrection from the dead, neither marrying nor given in marriage. We're, we're looking at that world. Our eyes should be up above this world into that world if you want to be big with God. Jesus made it clear. Seek this world, lose both. Seek your life here, lose both. Lose this world, and you'll gain that world. Lose your life here, and you'll gain eternal life, which you can't get any other way. 
Isn't that what he said? You seek your life, you'll find it. You lose your life. For my sake, you'll find it. Didn't that what, isn't what Jesus said? Interesting. Abraham gave up his only begotten son in verse 17 and 19. He gave up Isaac, only one son, and God said, I want him. You put him on that, you put him on that pile, you slit his throat in front of me. And, and we wouldn't know this if it wasn't for the New Testament, that Abraham believed that God would resurrect this boy. This test that he went under in Genesis, I believe, 21 was, was after he had passed all these other tests. God builds tests in your life. He don't come up and ask, he didn't ask Abraham, will you sacrifice your son right away? He, wait, he passed this test, and he passed that test, and he passed that test, and he passed that test, and he passed, and it built and built, and the test gets bigger and bigger. And finally, he said, are you going to give me your son? I hope, I hope Heather and uh, Chris had done what my wife and I did when Troy was small. We held him up, little baby, and I said, he's yours, he's yours. He's not mine. He's yours. Anything you want to do with him is, is fine. You want to take him in death. You want to take him in a service. You want to take him away where we never see him. You want whatever you want to do, you can have him. I hope you do that with your kids. It's the safest thing to do. It's the safest thing to do. I'll tell you, if you're, grow, if you're grabbing a hold of them and trying to keep them by you, I see, I see grandmothers doing that all the time about their grandkids, trying to somehow manipulate and manipulate situations. The best way is just to give them up. And God may give them back. And when God gives them back to you, brother, you got them. It's like letting the bird fly away, and when the bird comes back and sits on your hand, you got him. God had my son and his wife move down here, right next, not, not next to me, that was a little too close, but I had to move down here. I got to see my grandkid. I gave all that up. Everything I've mentioned to you this morning, there's been a time in my life that I've said, I give it up, I give it up, I give it up, I give it up, I give it up. And I don't think anybody does anything for God or serves God without going through these same types of tests. He'll ask you to give up your country and give up your house and give up your family and give up your security, give up your permanence, yea, even to give your children up. The God of yesterday is the God of today. The same yesterday, today, and forever. Isn't that what the Bible says about Jesus in Hebrews chapter 13? God, and, and if, you, if you ever want to be big with God, if you ever want to do what you're going to have to say, you're number one. Well, if God's number one, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, that is uh, Matthew 6, 33. If you're going to be number one with God, that means nothing else can be number one. Does that make sense to you? I just mentioned all the other things that oftentimes in people are above God. Their country's above God. Where they live's above God. They won't move. If God says move, they ain't moving. Their house's above God. They won't sell. If God said I had to live in a small little trailer, 300 foot, I couldn't live in a 300 foot trailer. Let me tell you, my mom and dad raised us three beautiful boys in 600 square feet. We didn't know it was small. We didn't know 
We're all three boys, same bedroom. We didn't know that was against the law. We didn't know what 600 feet was huge. Now people say, I'll have young Mary say, oh, I got to have, I got to have 1,800 feet or I, I don't know how we'd raise two kids. Are you kidding? 1,800 feet, you can raise 30 kids in there. You want to know why people are coming off mission field? You want to know why they're leaving the ministry? Because God is bringing the same tests by them as he did Abraham. And let me tell you, the place on one of those tests where you say, I'm not going to do that, that's the place where you can't go any further with God. Because he's not going to be happy unless he is what he is, and that's number one. Oh, I hope you make God one. Now, I'm not saying we don't sound to backslide on that. You say, you know, you want to backslide. Let me, let me give you a real quick, because the music guy took more time than he should. Uh, let me... Let me give you a couple a, sent, a review here. And I was kidding about the music guy. Okay, don't don't take it for you're good, brother. You did great, fabulous, fabulous. He'll ask you to give because it's a form of trusting. If you believe God is who He said He is, then you're willing to trust Him. And if you trust him, that means you believe what he said and who he is. And that pleases him and he'll bless you. The process is simple. But it's you first. He's already proven his trust. He's already proven what he loves us. God gave his only begotten son. He's already proven to us. Now it's your turn. Will you prove that you actually trust him? That you believe he's telling the truth. When he says, my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus in Philippians 4.19. Do you really believe it? Oh, I hope when God comes by your house. And he says, will you give? Will you? He may call you to some faraway country, or he may call you to Lee County. But were you willing to go? Are you willing to do his will? He may call you to go do something that stretches you so far. You can't even imagine doing something like that. Like going and telling somebody about Jesus or going and teaching in Sunday school or going and doing a bus ministry. Something so far beyond your imagination. Oh, God loves it when you trust him. Trust him. Trust him. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. And if you'll do that, you'll be a big shower, God. And God will come and help you, and he'll be with you. And the same things he did for Abraham. By the way, did Abraham live in poverty? He was a rich man. Did Abraham keep Isaac? He did. And they kept all the other kids. And in fact, so many children were born through that boy that they're not even able to be numbered. There is the sand of the sea without number. As the stars of heaven without number. A man that trusted God, thought he lost it all, and was willing when he raised that old knife. Oh, I, you ought to go to that passage where he raises that knife. And I often stop there and say, God, help me to raise the knife. Father, help us this morning. May we somehow understand 
that God loves us. And in and giving himself for us, he wants us to serve him. And wants us to recognize him as number one. Father, we pray that we not hold back anything that he asks of us. That we would honestly trust him. Knowing that he'll not hurt us, not take away from us, not damage us. Oh, though temporarily we may see it. You will not in the end see it. You'll receive more than you've ever given. Because he's a God of mercy and a God of generosity and a God of tender, loving kindness. Father, help us this morning. I don't doubt there's some folks in this room that are being called of God. Possibly called the mission field. Possibly called full-time service. Possibly called the college. Possibly called to something that you're fighting and resisting and warring and wrestling with right now. Maybe called to something here. Maybe called to a ministry. You're wrestling. Why? You don't trust God. That's why. And he can't go with you anywhere and can't help you until you trust him. Will you trust him today? We say, I'm giving it up. Just like Abraham. I'm going to be like Abraham. I'm just going to give it up. I'm going to do what God wants me to do with a good attitude. Well, you, you can read what happened to Abraham. It worked out okay for him. Here we are 4,000 years later still talking about Abraham. You wouldn't know he existed. You wouldn't even know his name or Sarah's name had they not been willing to obey what God asked them to do. And that would be the way it is with you too. Father, help us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would like to know more about the Lord Jesus Christ, you may contact us at the church website, gospelbaptistchurch.com, or you can go to Facebook and type in Gospel Baptist Church Bonita Springs, Florida. Also, you could call the church office at 239-947-1285. Thank you, and God bless.